This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I was act just going to tease that. Somebody on my Discord uh, server said, hey, Casey, have you covered what happened to Crowder yet? Uh, for those of you who do not know, Stephen Crowder went and tracked down a bunch of the voters who voted in my old hometown, Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, the voters' addresses are not real. Dozens of them. They don't exist. They're not real addresses, which is something that we've been telling you for a long time. That's that's a routine problem in, in Las Vegas politics, by the way. So I've been telling you that throughout the election. Um they, they tracked down several dozen of these addresses in Nevada, and they went out, they looked at them, and the individuals that were at those addresses, those aren't real addresses. They're, you know, empty fields, they're intersections, that sort of, there's nobody that lives there, so you can't, you can't legally vote from there. So it wasn't, um, it, it, it was voter fraud, that's what it was. But there's another twist to that story that also has come out, and we'll talk Talk about that in a couple of minutes, okay? So we'll get to the voter fraud stuff in Nevada here in just a minute because it's a very interesting story. Um, then we've got Microsoft. We just talked about the vaccine. We cannot talk about uh, Bill Gates. So Microsoft is teaming up with schools. They're creating a COVID daily pass for kids. So just like you're going to have the the uh, the flying pass or whatever they're, they're calling it. I forget what the name of it is for getting on planes and things like that, where you have to prove that you've been vaccinated and uh, you go into a database and all of that other stuff, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Anyway, the Microsoft Corporation has teamed up with the Los Angeles Unified School District to bring students a COVID-19 related, quote, comprehensive system called Daily Pass. And I'm sure after COVID is over, the, the whole Daily Pass infrastructure and system will go away and you'll never have to worry about it again. So the system requires kids to be scanned into school with their own unique QR code. Now, Daily Pass is what they're calling this unique identifying code. Now, if you're not familiar with a QR code, it's a square code that looks like a barcode, but it's square. And if you're not familiar with the QR code, get used to them because it's likely how you're going to be able to get your daily ration of food in the very near future. So I would, I would recommend you learn all about them. Uh, let's see. As per the district, students will also still be wearing masks, staying six feet apart from one another and getting temperature checks outside of the school. Outside of the school. Uh, there are nearly half a million students in the L.A. Unified School District, and like 12 of them are actually passing school. It's a terrible school district, by the way. Uh, to earn their safe for school daily pass, students and staffers must answer questions online and test negative for the coronavirus every single week daily pass generates a unique qr code for each student and staff member and that code authorizes entry to a specific lausd location for that day only so it's not quite microchipping but every single day you've got to you've got to prove that you're covid free then they generate a QR code that is assigned to you. That QR code goes into the system, because we no mistakes ever, goes into the system, and if you qualify, 
That QR code will allow you into the building. If you don't qualify, you're not going into the building as a faculty member or as a student in the LA Unified School District. By the way, mark my words, this will be rolling out nationwide at some point, even if, if not for COVID. This is going to be a system that will become very, very common. Uh, what else do we have here? As long as individual receives a negative test result for COVID, shows no symptoms, and has a temperature under 100 degrees, the district said, uh, they'll be led into the building. Uh, upon the individual's arrival to a campus, their QR code is then scanned by a district school site leader who takes the individual's temperature. There is also a section on the Daily Pass portal that seeks to get students and staffers vaccinated from most at risk to least at risk. You can then schedule your child's vaccination via that portal. So, there you go. Um, I mean, some of you are doing the number of the beast stuff. I, I get it. I get it. Some of you are are at that point. As some let's let's be honest. Some of you are at that point every day. You see the number of the beast everywhere. Um, but this is, you know, this is. This is going to be one of those things that just it ends up being a routine part of life going forward. And that, for many people, is very, very problematic. Um, when you have a social credit score like we have now, not as advanced as China's, but we do have a social credit score. And you're going to tie your access to buildings via a QR code or, or whatever, and they can just shut that thing off whenever you want. And it's not about a key or anything like that. You're going to start, you're going to start seeing a lot of places do that. And some folks will say it's no different than having an access card that you turn on and off. Maybe. All right. Maybe. But the way that this system is implemented and how it doesn't just work on, on one tiny little thing, that this is a comprehensive system, you know, you're going to start running it into, you know, potential abuses um, in the future. And let's be honest, we're talking about human beings and we're talking about human beings. The There's almost a certainty that there will be abuse of it in the future. So we talked a bit about Black Lives Matter in South Bend earlier. One of their leaders got arrested again. Uh, so anyway, Black Lives Matter, there is a fashion company. It's called Boohoo. Never heard of it. I'm also not very fashionable. So a fashion brand, which is hugely pro-Black Lives Matter, uh, faces a slave labor scandal. Hmm. So fashion brand Boohoo which vehemently expressed the support for Black Lives Matter in the aftermath of the death of George Floyd, is now embroiled in a slave labor scandal. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has seen enough to launch an investigation into the company after campaign group Liberty Shared exposed how the company is, quote, not doing enough to stop forced labor in the Leicester factories which make many of its clothes. Huh. Now, this is overseas in, uh, in the U.K., the evidence of boohoo and forced labor is quite compelling. I think it will be a wake-up call for British institutions about how they're handling modern slavery in forced labor, particularly in a community like Leicester East. All right. Well, here's the only question that I, I really have. It, look, it, it, they did the black square thing on social media, which we all told you was just a bunch of stupid companies trying to make people give them money and avoid being canceled by a couple of people who make loud noise and stuff like that on social media. But um, the, the question that everybody should have about this slave labor scandal with this company who is a supporter of Black Lives Matter is, what color are the slaves that they're using, though? 
because we all know that slavery of of you know whites is okay as long as the slaves are not black we're good generally speaking it's it's purely based on the color of the slaves so if they're using slave labor the, the next question should be though what's the the skin color of the slaves that they're using to make their products while also supporting black lives matter because honestly that's the most critical aspect of this entire thing because this really isn't a story if the slaves are white right exactly it's only a story if in fact they support black lives matter while having slaves who are black that's that's where the story gets interesting but if they have white slaves, it's not a big deal, if, if you ask me or really anybody else uh, on the political left in this country. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Yes, Texas is open. They have gotten rid of the mask mandates. Uh, Gavin Newsom in California is already out there trying to save his political career going, it's super risky. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, good for Texas. And look, I, I've said this before. I, I will say it again. We are at a point, I think, in our society where we're starting to see way more people understand what's happening. And you still got the mass Karens out there running around, screaming and yelling at everybody's saw the first meme on Babylon B. I think it was yesterday. So the Babylon B did a, a bit. I might have it a little wrong, so forgive me if you've seen it. Where it said, uh, people who scream at other people about wearing masks in public in danger of not being important anymore, or not feeling important anymore. And I thought that was just the perfect way to skewer a segment of the population who knows the least about the virus and yet thinks that there's somehow a moral warrior for society when, in fact, they're not doing anything but irritating everybody. Uh, but, yeah, the Babylon Bee, if you haven't seen that, go check that out. It's on their social media. I think it was on their Instagram page where I saw it. Because, yeah, people who, who yell at other people about not wearing masks in danger of feeling like they're not important again, like again, because they weren't important before the the pandemic and now they found that one thing that they get to say i made a difference no you didn't you didn't make a difference at all you probably infected a couple of people actually by screaming and yelling but i digress so yeah the um the state of texas got rid of their mask mandates good for them i wish more states would start doing that uh, also in texas something I, now here's the thing i want you to understand i'm assuming that this is fake news okay i'm assuming this is fake news i don't know if it's real the story just seems highly unlikely given the fact that there's no way that voter fraud can happen in the United States. So a Texas judge and three other people have been arrested on 150 counts of voter fraud. It's not possible. Okay. It's not, he's a judge. It's not possible. Justice of the peace, Thomas Ramirez, misspelled Thomas. Thomas Ramirez is accused of ballot harvesting at assisted living centers in the 2018 primary election. Oh, hmm. So the South Texas judge, 
Um, and then with three, three other people, 150 charges of voter fraud altogether. Medina County Justice of the Peace, Thomas Ramirez, arrested on February 1st, excuse me, 11th, uh, is charged with one count of organized election fraud, which is impossible because we know, we know election fraud doesn't exist. Uh, one count of assisting voter voting ballot by mail and 17 counts of unlawful possession of a ballot or ballot envelope, according to KABB. Like I said, it's not possible. We know that this really didn't happen, right? It's just, it's, you know, just something doesn't happen. It's not a big deal. Um, but see, this is an example of when they say widespread, like, what do you mean by widespread, right? This is, you know, four people, four people who committed 150 individual acts of fraud. But would you consider that widespread? Because it's only four people. It's only four people in one county. But if you if you change the results in that particular district, you get how this works. And I keep explaining this to people so they kind of understand that. You know, there's a lot of wordplay that happens in media today, and it's all designed for people to tell you, you know, no, that's not what I said. I don't know what you're talking about. You're misquoting me, you know, that sort of thing. So they, they clearly infer something, and then they're able to walk it back later because it's not specific enough. It's that plausible deniability. In a statement, Judge Ramirez said that he is stunned by the allegations. He denied all charges against him. I was stunned by the allegations because there's absolutely no truth to them. I have spent the last 27 years building my law practice and serving in this community, okay, which has created my reputation for fairness, sincerity, and integrity. I entered the race for JP, Justice of the Peace, because I wanted to serve Medina County. Is it Medina or Medina? I think somebody corrected me on that a couple of years ago and make the office function better for its citizens. I feel I have done exactly that up to this point. For people who know me, these allegations are absurd. To those who don't, it provides reason to sneer and hate. I will vigorously defend myself to the fullest extent, and I fully expect to be vindicated. All right, cool. Uh, So look for his uh, guilty plea here in the next couple of weeks. And (laughs) if you had any idea... How many stories I have covered where virtually that exact same statement was issued by the accused? I will vigorously defend my honor until the death. Two weeks later, he pled guilty to the voter fraud charges. It never, it never fails. It seriously, it never fails. Um, and earlier today, when we went over the very, very strange story in Michigan with Governor Whitmer. And I think Governor Whitmer sexually harassed the former health director. That's what my running theory is, okay? Based on what we've now learned, if you missed it, get the podcast. It is the very first segment at 3 o'clock. Because I don't know how you can come to another conclusion, all right? I really don't. I think that Governor Whitmer tried to diddle the health director. He was clearly offended by that and because uh, he's into women and he was offended by that and which is his right and now he quit and now she's had to pay him hush money of $155,000 with taxpayers and and he, he's foregoing the right to sue the state it's just it, this is clearly a diddling case clearly but they're also in Michigan we also covered that there's a lot of new legislations being proposed to fix some of the voting issues in Michigan so that they don't happen again so there's a lot of things happening and 
in various states that are hopefully going to shore up election integrity, but we'll see how it all goes. We've got more coming up. We're going to talk about the Nevada situation and what that really means coming up on 95.3 MNC. Afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Stock 95, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I do want to thank RB Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. RB Car Company are your used car experts. All right. So, my home state of Nevada, uh, I've tried explaining kind of how voter fraud works in that state several times on the show in the past. And one of the, one of the issues that really is one of the primary issues in Nevada, Clark County in particular, uh, Clark County is the biggest county, and that's where Las Vegas is, right? It's not just Las Vegas, but that's where Las Vegas is, and that's the biggest county. Um, people voting who are using timeshare addresses as a legitimate residence, and they're not allowed to. Uh, people, so in other words, they don't actually live in Nevada. They just have a timeshare, and they use the timeshare to vote illegally in Nevada. That's a very common problem there. Uh, one of the other things that kind of comes up quite a bit is people vote who moved out of the state. It's a very transient state, particularly the Las Vegas area. Reno, too, but the Las Vegas area is very transient. So people move there for short periods of time and they move out and they just they vote in their old location. Right. So you might move to you know Arizona, but you'll still cast a ballot in Nevada. So you don't actually live there. And the reason I'm bringing this up is. In Nevada, in the Las Vegas area in Clark County, which decides the entire state, whatever Clark County votes, that's where the state is going to go. The It's very common for people to vote who don't live at the address they claim to live. And they vote, they're voting illegally. Now, what is less common but is becoming more common is that people are fabricating addresses and using real names. So this is something that we've seen uh, in the reverse in Indiana. So in Indiana, they use real addresses, fake names. Remember when they registered the Dallas Cowboys here, they registered the Disney characters here. Remember all of that? A big voter fraud scandal scandal here uh, a few years back. But they use real addresses, they just use fake names. Well, in Nevada, they're known for using real names and fake addresses. It's different, right? Every, Every political machine has its own way of operating. And Steven Crowder, who, if you don't know who Steven Crowder is, he is a, well, he, he was a radio host. I don't know. Does he actually have a radio show anymore? I don't think that he does. I think he just does his live stream, which is, I think, the most popular conservative live stream in the world. Don't 100% quote me on that, but I, I believe that his numbers have him as being the most popular. Um, and he's very good. Uh, he is my favorite besides myself. Okay. Love Steven Crowder. So Steven Crowder did what other people should have done in he basically he sent his people out to these addresses to verify, you know, they started they, they spotted a few anomalies, a few of them that didn't, you know, pass the initial smell test. And he actually sent staff out in Nevada. He also did it in Michigan because he's from Michigan. So he did it in Clark County and Wayne County, and he sent people out to go ahead and verify the voters lived at the address that is on the 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 ballot form right and they don't now obviously this is just a small chunk of voter fraud that happens 
but he's he's doing a proof of concept. He's highlighting that first of all, this is the easiest way for you to prove. This is the easiest easiest way of committing voter fraud to be proven. All right, is to lie about your address. So he's proving that it happened, and it happened to a large enough extent that it actually could have impacted the results of the election, especially when you factor in the much more commonplace and more difficult to prove ways that voter fraud happens. And dozens of, of addresses, dozens of them, they were not homes, they were not buildings, they were, you know, empty lots. It's kind of interesting because I've been listening to the segments here on his show lately, and I know the streets... I know the addresses, right? Grew up there. Uh, not only did I grow up there, I used to drive for a living there. So I'm very familiar with the streets. And so when I hear, you know, that they're talking about a house on Lone Mountain, I'm like, there's like three houses on Lone Mountain. <laughs> they're just, <laughs> Lone Mountain just isn't, it, it's, it's not a place where you have residential addresses. You just don't. You turn off of Lone Mountain, you have neighborhoods there and stuff like that. So I'm listening to some of this stuff. And, and there was one address that they gave. I swear to God, I did pest control right up the road from that place. So I know, I know the area. So it's, for me, it's a little surreal just listening to this because I, when they're reading off the addresses, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. If you know the area, then you start to pick up on these cues. And in fact, he actually has somebody that works with him who lives, it was born and raised in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. And he said, basically on the same tune that I had, that some of these addresses just automatically didn't seem right. And he wasn't surprised when he drove by them that he found out that they weren't real. So the people who had cast a ballot from that address were illegally voting because that address isn't real, which means the ballot probably wasn't real and neither was the person and that it was a, a form of, of ballot fraud and probably a form of harvesting or something of that nature. Usually harvest involves a legal voter with a legal address. They're just being paid to give up their vote, uh, which is illegal in most states. And what's interesting about this is that there, when they exposed this last week, something happened. Something happened to the addresses in the state system. And I'll tell you what that is coming up on 95.3 MNC. And as I was just explaining to my, my audience, um, the way that, that Las Vegas, Nevada is laid out, just in case some of you have any questions about it. I thought about it afterwards that maybe I should probably explain this. The way that Las Vegas is laid out, uh, the thoroughfares, commercial areas and residential areas are clearly defined and they're not together. So whereas here you could go from a couple of houses and then have a business in it. it it's kind of a mis, mishmash here. It's not that way in Las Vegas. So certain roads you automatically know there's no houses on them. So like I said, when they mentioned Lone Mountain, it's like there there's like three houses at the very end all the way on the east of Lone Mountain. There's just not houses on Lone Mountain. It's just it's a thoroughfare with a couple of shopping centers and gas stations. Um, so it just didn't make any sense. And it turned out that it was right, because when they went to that address, it wasn't a real address. The big thing is, after Crowder exposed these fake addresses which cast ballot in the Nevada election – 